Welcome to the island. I am your host, Alvis Samuel, and today, on this day, March 31st, 2022, we have a doozy, a wonderful show that I am going to present to everybody. And today's show, it's a mind-blowing show to make you really think where we are headed and where we are truly going. Are we really going in the right direction as a nation? Or have we reverted to something even worse? That's what we're going to really be talking about. And the, the main topic of this show is what is the character of our nation? The character of the great nation of the United States. Where do we stand? What is our moral compass? Do we even have a moral compass? Do we even have great integrity? Or are we just saying things and putting things out there that, you know, really means absolutely nothing when it boils down to it? Or have we reverted back to the past in a more extreme way? Again, I am your host, Alvis Samuel. And thank you for listening to The Island Podcast. So let's go and dive right into this. Because we do know, after all, this is somewhat of a sports show. So we got to keep sports in every topic that, you know, we talk about. Kinda. So let's go ahead and just dive right into this right now. So we all know about the Rooney rule in the NFL. You know, we we know about this rule. And in the past, we've talked about this lawsuit that Brian Flores is having with the NFL right now as we speak. So, as of right now, what has the NFL done to save face? Well, a couple of days ago, two days I believe it was, two days ago, the NFL has updated their Rooney rule because Brian Flores basically said that, yes, there are teams that are interviewing minority coaches with no basis of truly hiring them. They're just out there, you know, going through the motions. So the NFL has now updated the Rooney rule. And in short, they are saying NFL has told all 32 NFL teams, you must hire, must hire a minority coach or woman to be a part of the coaching staff, not on any type of side of the ball, but specifically on the offensive side of the of the ball, because the data shows most head coaches come off of the offensive side. So they'll say, hey, we're going to nip this in the butt. And it felt saying this, we're going to nip this in the butt and we are going to make sure all 32 NFL teams have either a woman or a minority coach on the offensive side of the ball. Right? Sounds sounds reasonable, kind of, until you start digging more deep into this. So for every team that does this, because every team's going to do this, for the roles, huh, 
the NFL will reimburse teams up to $200,000 in 2022. That's this upcoming football season. For every minority coach you have, the NFL is going to give that team an extra $200,000 just to hire a minority. Why? I don't understand that. Why aren't they just saying, hey, it's the right thing to do. You don't need reimbursement just because you hired somebody who was of a different skin tone of the owner. Uh, you know, you're, it doesn't sound right. And now let's keep going. And $205,000 in the year 2023. That's next year. And this money is going to come out of the league fund for coaches that the NFL has set up. Why are you going to reimburse teams that are actually going to truly, truly, and I mean truly, look for the best candidate regardless of their skin tone, regardless of their race or ethnicity, regardless of their sex? Why are you having to reimburse teams to hire minority coaches. That, that's, that's the real question. And that's the question no one wants to seem to ask. No one wants to seem to answer. Because to be 100% honest with you. 100% honest with you. Let, let's, if we went by law. What the NFL is doing. Is highly and I am saying it is highly illegal. You can't do that. If this was any other company, they would be sued outside of their minds. The commissioner of any other company, the CEO, the president of any other company would be in so much doo-doo, bullcrap, for coming out and saying this, that we are going to treat certain employees a certain way, certain departments a certain way, and not only treat them a different way, but if they hire a minority employee, we're going to give them more money. Like, what happened to just getting not just the right person for the job, not just the best person for the job, but just getting a person for the job that can do the job right, that has upstanding character. So why is the NFL doing something like this? What is giving them the, 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 the balls just to come out blatantly and do this and say things like this? And no one is challenging them on... This specific thing. What is it? Well, like we all know what we do on this show, the Island Podcast, is we will take what's going on in the sports world and see how it's matching up to just everyday life world. To just what's going on in anybody's world, everybody's world, just the world in general. So let's just take this step 
and go ahead and talk about the United States president, Mr. Joe Biden himself. This is uncanny. He has done something and has said something before he even got the job. And what I mean, he has done something that if anybody else, apparently outside of the NFL, but if anybody else, the CEO, the president, a owner of whatever company came out and said this, they would lose their job because it is it is very illegal and you cannot hire a person based off of their sex and gender and ethnicity that is illegal in the United States but nobody has came out and said anything about it they haven't said this is truly unfair. What he has done is that he has truly come out. And th- he did this before he was even president. When it was just the presidential debates. He has came out and said he will be the first president. And he actually has kept that word to nominate basically hire the first black female president for the Supreme Court ever. He will be that president. Now, some of y'all might ask, what is wrong with that? He wants to be the first president to make history, to give the United States their first black Supreme Court justice on the Supreme Court, the first black female, I meant to say, the first black female Supreme Court justice. Now, you might say, well, this is a good thing. This is a great thing. They're giving everyone a chance. However, when an employer comes out directly and says this exact thing of some sort, I am only going to hire a specific gender of a specific race that is highly illegal. However, that's not how we've all seen it. That's not how we are all looking at it. However, it's, it doesn't mean it's not illegal because it's still illegal because he said, basically, in short, if you are not black And if you are not a female, don't even try to apply for the job because I'm not even going to look at you. So what does the law really say about this? So let's look this up. And what does it truly say about the employment policies of equal opportunity? And you can find this you can find this out for yourself. Go ahead and just look it up for yourself. And I'm going to read a part of it. This is off of EEOC.gov, Prohibited Employee and Policies. And it states, 
under the laws enforced by the EEOC, which is Equal Employment Opportunity Commissions of the United States, it is illegal to discriminate against someone, an applicant or employee, because of the person's race, color, religion, sex, including gender identity, sexual orientation, and pregnancy, national origin, and age, 40 or older, disability, or genetic information. It is also illegal to retaliate against a person because he or she complained about discrimination, filed a charge, or filed a discrimination charge of or participated in an employment discrimination investigation or lawsuit. The law forbids discrimination in any and every aspect of employment. That is just the very beginning of the law. That is just the very, and it keeps going on. So an employer coming out saying, if you are not this race, and if you are not this gender, you will not even be looked at to get hired. That's 100% illegal. You can't do that at all. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter if there has never been a black female on the Supreme Court, you cannot come out and say as the employer, no one else will be looked at unless they are a black female. So don't even try to apply for the job. That, that, that's highly illegal. And instead of people coming out and saying, this is wrong. You can't do this. You at the very least do what the NFL did. I just do that. At least show just just show face. Just say, hey, oh, just everyone come out, but just have it in your back of your mind. It doesn't matter because I'm still just gonna hire a black female. But I'm still gonna give other people a chance to just apply for the job. But no, that's not what he did. Before he was the actual employer, he said if this position comes up, he will be the first president to hire a black African-American or just a black female to the Supreme Court. He doesn't care about anything else. He does not care. He does not care about the law. Did not care about the real ramifications of what he's proving and what he's showing that he has little and utter disregard to the law that he doesn't care because he's saying he's doing it because it was long overdue and he might be right but does that mean because it's long overdue you can break the law Ask yourself that. 
Because something is long overdue, it means that you can break the law. And it's not even a law that needs to be changed. Because as we can all see, the law does not need to be changed. At all. What actually needs to be changed is the mindset of people. Is the mindset of all the employers and employees and whatever of these companies and even the government. Instead of hiring the best person who fits the job. And I'm not saying that he's not picking highly qualified people. Because I'm still pretty sure whoever he has in mind, and I believe it's going to be this Judge Jackson, she's highly qualified. I'm not saying she's not. But what I am saying is you specifically, on purpose, broke the law to appease, to be honest, I don't know. Because I don't think there was anybody out there saying we need a black female to be a part of the Supreme Court because it's long overdue. I've never heard anyone say that until Joe Biden jumped in office. I don't even think people were thinking about it. Then Joe Biden jumped in office and when the position came up, that was basically one of the only promises he could actually keep. He promised that he promised basically he was going to break the law and he did and no one has challenged him on it it's a-okay you can go ahead any company out there and discriminate against everybody else as long as long as as long as it's an overdue thing, it has to be well overdue for you to break the law. What happened to just picking someone based off of their credentials, just based off of their character? What happened to just that? What happened to just choosing the right person for the job based off of what they can truly do, being the best at the position, what happened to that? Why all of a sudden are we going backwards in time having to look at skin tone, having to look at someone's ethnicity? Why are we having to do that? And why... Does it really matter? Because if you're truly trying to choose someone who is the best fit for the job, truly trying to choose the best person fit for the job, their ethnicity, their skin tone, their age, their gender will never matter. Because you are looking at their integrity, you are looking at their character, you are looking 
in something that is so much deeper than just the color of one's skin. What happened? That's the real question. What happened? And we can go all the way back. And I've seen it. And everyone says it. Everyone wants to quote him. Dr. Martin Luther King. The I have a dream speech. But there seems to be something missing in today. From that speech that happened in 1963. We are forgetting that. We need to stop looking just at the skin. And we need to start judging a person's character. How they are, how they act. How they present themselves. And with that being said, I am going to go into the I Have a Dream speech from Dark. Dr. Martin Luther King because it is still showing its ugly face today just now on the opposite side of the entire spectrum. We are still judging people. We are still trying to find highly qualified people based off of their skin tone and not off of their character. And with that being said, I would like everyone to just sit back Close your eyes if you're not driving and truly listen to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s speech. I have a dream and ask yourself, are we actually living this dream or are we still living in this hellish nightmare that is being paraded around like it's Martin Luther King Jr.'s I have a dream speech. So let's listen to the actual speech that happened in 1963. Score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, The Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. 
In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds.
until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. They have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. There are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We can never be satisfied. As long as our bodies, heavy with the fatigue of travel, cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the cities. We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negro's basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto to a larger one. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating for whites only. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote.
Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities. Knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able.
day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, My country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring. From the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania, let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. That was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speaking the great speech, I Have a Dream. And now we ask ourselves, today on this year, 2022, March 31st, are we living out this dream right now, or are we still are we still trying to hire people based off of their skin tone, based off of their ethnicity, based off of their gender? Are we still hiring people based off of outward looks, or are we actually going deeper and looking at the character? of a person and to be 100% honest with you just to give you food for thought I still feel like and I still believe no matter how they want to spin it no matter how a person wants to say it <laughs> we're still looking at skin and not the character Thank you, everyone, for listening and tuning into the Island Podcast. I am your host, Alvis Samuel. Go ahead and check us out on our website at theislandpodcast.org. You can go ahead and donate. And yes, 50% of everything that we get, we donate it out to the community, to whoever's in need. That is something that I am truly involved in wanting to do and helping out the communities that are around us. Um, also, we will be doing more things for mental health because that is something dear and deep to me that I know many people struggle with and I myself struggle with myself. Um, these are just some of the things that we are getting ourselves involved with at the Island Podcast. 
And go ahead and check us out on whatever social media platform you like to look at. You can find us anywhere. You can also find us on any social media platform like I just said. You can go to wherever you decide to listen to your podcast. We are on there. We are out there and we are presenting as much content as we can to you. And we'll, we'll keep growing the show as much as possible. Thank you. And again, for listening to the Island Podcast, I am your host, Alvin Samuel. Thank you for listening.